0: Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode slash chapter of the podcast. Here am out. I'm your host, Elijah Mendez, a.k.a. Eli, a.k.a. the prophet dot underscore on Instagram. Follow my Instagram for all updates on my social life, I guess. And then for the podcast, please follow here underscore E, period, M, period, out on Instagram for all the updates on the podcast. I am back. And I know a lot of people have been asking me, yo, Eli, where have you been at? Where is the podcast at? I've had a lot of people ask me that over the past couple weeks. And honestly, I just got to do better, man. I just gotta prioritize a little bit better. Um, it's been pretty busy for me. I mean, and I gotta find ways to provide to the people, the lovely fans of the podcast, just lovely listeners from all over the world. I had people from New Zealand listening to this. Shout out to you guys, man, my New Zealand fans. Um, I'm gassing it clearly. But yes, I did have some people listen to. My podcast from New Zealand, which was actually pretty cool. Uh, I apologize. Let me just start off by saying I am kind of congested. So I may sound a little sick on the pod, but I couldn't wait any longer. I needed to have an episode out for you guys. There's just so much going on um, in all aspects of what we like to talk about from the sports world, the music world, the fashion world. There's just so much to get into. But, of course, our podcasts tend to be only an hour long, so there's only so much I can get into, but I would try my best to get into those things that we, uh, I definitely were news of significance over the past couple of weeks. So um, you know how we like to start off the podcast. I'll start off with the words of wisdom, and then I'll just give you guys a little life update where I'm at uh, as regards to you know what I've been doing, why I haven't been able to put out podcasts. You know, how's work going? How's the social life going and all that? So, words of wisdom today come from H.G. Wells. And he states, if you fell down yesterday, stand up today. We all have our bad days, ladies and gentlemen. But don't let that bad day turn into a bad couple days, a bad week, a bad month. It's one bad day. Go into the next day with the mindset that I'm going to make this day better. You might hear a few moments of silence as I am sipping tea right now currently. um, Just trying to clear up my sinuses. So I do apologize for that. But yeah, so HG Wells coming in with the the words of wisdom. We got to push through every day regardless of what happened the day before. Because we got so many days to live. But... We don't know when that day where it's our last day on earth is going to happen. So live life to the fullest and not try to be depressed or stressed. I feel like as human beings, it's easy for us to uh, stress out and you know, be worried about stuff or be angry or be sad. There's less times that us as humans, I feel like, are in that happy, joyful mood, and more times where we're depressed, sad, have no energy, stressed out. It I get it, life is hard, and life is harder for some people than most. But we all gotta cope with them in a similar way. We gotta have a next day mentality. Sure, money is sure, maybe people are having money problems, maybe people are having, you know, family problems, relationship problems. Um, You know, mental issues, emotional problems, whatever it may be, just try to control what you can control and try your best to make sure that when you wake up that next day after a bad day the day before, that you wake up with the mentality that I'm going to conquer this day. I'm going to go ahead and do something that I enjoy to do. I'm going to go out there and have a great breakfast. I'm going to go out there and go do that workout at the gym. I'm going to push myself a little bit harder, you know? So just a little advice from your host here. So why have I been MIA? Why, Eli, why? I mean, it's been cool i mean you know i've I've told you guys i've had my moments where you know things aren't going good you know i might be feeling a little sad a little depressed but as time has went on i mean i feel like i've been feeling better you know um it's just like trying to juggle adult life and on top of having a social life and on top of you know staying physically healthy mentally healthy It's a lot to uh, deal with on a weekly basis. Um, You know, Monday through Friday are completely swamp days for me. I mean, just working and, you know, having to take care of laundry, having to clean up, you know, having to, you know, make sure I'm eating properly, cooking, you know, throughout the week and stuff. So it's a lot to like uh, juggle and I'm still in the process of figuring out what's the best way to, um, you know, be social You know, go out there, see friends, meet new people, um, while also, you know, making sure I get all my errands done. You know, I'm making sure I'm upkeeping my apartment. You know, upkeeping my car. You know, upkeeping myself. You know, there's a lot. There's only so many hours in a day. You know, you got eight hours to sleep, a couple hours to eat. You know, and what 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 do you do with the rest of your time? Is the is the question. But, you know, I've been working, you know, I'm trying to make this money. It's been a busy couple weeks for us here and at my job. Uh, So it has been, you know, exhausting to an extent, you know, going to the gym, you know, working out, making sure I'm focusing on my physical health. I'm trying to get into the best shape that I've ever been in. Uh, Now, I just, you know, I want to be eating better. Uh, I'm cooling off on the snacks. You know, I, I'm a snacker. I'm a sweet tooth. I love cakes and cookies and chocolate and all that, but I'm trying to, you know, stay away from that and not have it as often. Um, so that's been a journey of, you know, just trying to lose some weight, you know, get more toned up, more fit, uh, just for myself. You know, I think when you You look at yourself in the mirror and you feel like you look good. It makes you feel better. And it just, you know, puts more of a smile on your face and uh, moves the stress away. So that's definitely an impact on it. As well, I've been um, volunteering with um, We Met in Real Life. You know, shout out to, you know, everything that they represent. Uh, We Met in Real Life is just an organization that I found on, I believe, TikTok. Uh, Me and Dave, my roommate, we ended up finding it. And um, you know, we started. It was interesting. We were watching a YouTube video on these guys, you know, in Wingstop, and they were doing like a little speed dating thing. Brought it up to Dave, like, "Yo, I wonder if there's an event like that in New York City." So, you know, we ended up finding it, and we ended up participating in it. Uh, I did it twice. Dave did it once. And after that, you know, we opened up our hand to volunteering at this. At these events, um, you know, because I, I like the idea of playing Cuban and I like bringing people together. I'm, I'm just that type of person. I like when the people around me are having a good time or I like when the people around me are smiling and laughing. Like it brings me joy. So, um, you know, volunteering with that has been so cool. You know, just meeting different people, um, not just meeting people in like the club scene or anything like that, like just meeting people, you know, in, in a different space, you know. And, hey, if anybody is out there and having a tough time finding, you know, that special one, you know, definitely check out We Met in Real Life on Instagram. They have events every month, you know, I think twice a month where you can, you know, potentially find that next uh, person you would go on a date with. So or you could definitely let me know if you guys had any questions about that as well. So yeah, I've been volunteering there. Um, that's taken up some time during the week as well. Um, and you know, just being social, you know, going out there, uh, meeting new people, you know. Um, I put myself out in the in the dating world again. Um, which is which is so like weird. Like dating in New York City is just weird. I feel like it's it's definitely like different. Because I just feel like, so like, I don't, I don't think, all right, so communication, right? You would think we want that from the people we talk to. And I feel like, regardless of how people feel like, oh, I want the truth, I want honesty, I think people hesitate to state that to someone or, They have a problem with taking that information. Like, I feel like at this part of my life, right? I'd rather a woman tell me, hey, to be honest, I'm just not physically attracted to you. Or, hey, I just don't feel like our personalities match up. I don't think our views on life match up. Cool. No problem. I appreciate you letting me know. It was very nice meeting you. You know, blessings to you. That's it. You know, move on. Boom. Um, I just feel like people decide to go MIA. Women are hard to read sometimes, I feel like. Um, but it's, it's definitely been a roller coaster because this is the first time I've actually had to experience this um, in like six years. Like I've never really been single per se and, you know, of an adult age, you know, just being out here, you know, meeting different different people and all that um and it's definitely a change and it, it, it helps you view on what you want in the future um and it helps build you as a person and you know you are you're out here doing different things um just to you know have fun but also meet people in the long run um but it's been going all right you know it's, it's definitely a learning experience i feel like but i'm also in the mentality where I want things to just – I'm going to let stuff like that with dating and relationships and um, all that aspect to just leave it in God's hands, really. Just go with the flow. I mean, if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. And for all my ladies and gentlemen out there, always remember, if there's specific energy you guys are looking for from a significant other or a person you're talking to – don't waste your time falling for that person if they're not giving you the same energy back, because this is going to put you in a in a hole, and you're waiting for that person. Why are they not texting me back? Why are they taking so long to text me back? Are they into me and all that? If you feel that, either you let them know, or you know, tone it down a little bit because you know you're not a priority to them. It's understandable. I get it in our lives. We live busy lives as adults. We have so much to deal with, and, you know, especially for my older listeners. I mean, the my older listeners who 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 may not be married and, you know, may have even more responsibilities than I do or people of my age. That's even less time you have for yourself to be just be able to have your own self-care, have time to do stuff you like to do, but as well be out there socially and meeting people. So it, it is tough. Um, but I need that energy reciprocated. I only have so much time in my day, um, you know, and I, and when I have the time available to get in contact with a person, it's clearly you're a person that I want to put my energy towards. And if I feel like you're not reciprocating it, then I, I can't really put on my full on effort into that. If you guys know what I'm saying, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was my little spiel Or just a spew of what I've been up to and give you guys a little bit of advice and stuff like that. But there was so much that went on in the three things that make up this podcast, and that's sports, music, and fashion. So I'll just give you guys a quick little rundown of what we're going to talk about in this episode, and uh, then we'll dive right into it. Um, So for sports, we're going to recap the Giants season. I know I haven't talked to you guys since the playoff game. I'll just give you guys how what my what my take is on how the season went. Um Daniel Jones his contract situation, Saquon his contract situation. We'll talk about the Jets quarterback uh carousel who, who ends up being the quarterback of the Jets next year. Uh the Knicks, you know, uh, what they've been up to. We just came back off I'm recording this and the Knicks just had won there um the game against uh, New Orleans that's uh, puts them eight games over 500 so we'll talk a little bit about them We'll talk about the KD trade and how it affects the Nets and how I feel like that Superstar team up is one of the worst in history or the worst in history Then we'll go into music The top 50 rappers from Billboard came out and there's a lot of shockers on that list to be honest Um, so I wanted to just dive into that by also giving you guys my top rappers of all time in my opinion Um, and then I'll dabble into how I feel like Drake isn't a great he's not a legendary rapper he's not a top 10 rapper because that's a spoiler alert he's not in my top 10 rappers of all time uh the Grammys came and went uh we'll discuss that a little bit and then um for fashion. We got a little white cement threes are coming out soon. So we'll just talk about those and how I feel about those. are uh, the big red boots that everyone's been talking about. Uh Adidas and Kanye are talking again. Question mark. Uh talk about my little thrift haul, how I went thrifting, how was it? Uh league fit of the week. You know, who who had the best fit from the all-star weekend. Um and yeah, that'll be it. That'll be the podcast after all that. But uh Welcome to Chapter 3, Episode 14, The Hiatus Return. All right. So I want to start off with recapping the Giants' season. So the New York football Giants, man, had an amazing NFL season. Like, one that was so unexpected as a Giants fan that I was so happy to see where this team went. It brought so much joy. It brought so much excitement to watching the Giants again because I haven't felt like that since what, 20, 2016, the year in which they went, what was it, Uh, 12 and four that year or 11 and five? I think it was 12. It might have been 11 and five. That year where they made the playoffs, that was the infamous boat trip where Odell, Trey Song, Sterling Shepard, and Victor Cruz are on a boat together the week of a playoff game. And clearly, they had the butterfingers in that game. For them, for the Giants, to come back with a new coach, and Brian Dable, new GM and Joe Shane, come in here with a roster that was messy. It was clunky. You didn't really know what you had on this team to having two pro bowlers, a perennial top tackle in the league. You know, you you have your answer at quarterback to an extent. And you know, and you saw, you know, breakout stars, you know, from Dexter Lawrence to Isaiah Hodgins. It was exciting to see as a Giant fan. I love this team. And it's been a while since I've felt really happy about the direction of this team. You know, Dave Gettleman was going to go down as one of the worst GMs in NFL history just for his lack of, you know, his his lack of ability when it comes to dealing with the cap situation. Uh, his signings are very questionable. His draft picks were questionable. And people are going to say, oh, well, they hit on Saquon. They hit on Daniel Jones. They hit on Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas and. Isaiah, I mean, and Xavier McKenney, but these are players from top-notch schools. I mean, Daniel Jones, yes, is probably the one outlier here, eighth pick from Duke. Um, but the kid worked hard, you know, came under the Daniel David Cutcliffe system, you know, to say sister that taught the likes of Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones comes from that uh, that blue-collar, hard-working. You know, quarterback who's always in the film room trying to get better. Um, And I know Damian Jones isn't Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow-esque. But Dane Jones did prove that he is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. And he could, you know, he can make almost all the throws, I feel like. And, yes, you know, this could be a perfect transition, I don't believe Daniel Jones deserves 45 mil. There was a report out there, Mike Florio, I think, stated it that Daniel Jones is looking for 45 million uh, to return to the Giants per year. Is Daniel Jones a 45 million dollar quarterback? Absolutely not. I mean, we could go over the reasons as to why. I mean, you could say it could, it could be a, it's a decent argument, but at the end of the day, I think Daniel Jones does not deserve 45 million. The reason I say it's a decent argument is because the number, the cap number for quarterbacks is only going up. You know, Jalen Hurts is going to be making upwards of fifty million a year. You got Pat Mahomes. You got Joe Herbert. I mean, Joe Herbert. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. These guys are going to be due for contracts as well. Deshaun Watts is making a lot of money. You know, Lamar Jackson. These are quarterbacks that, you know, are a step, a tier above Daniel Jones, at least a tier, probably two tiers. Above Daniel Jones, and they're supposed to be, you know, they're, they're starting prices at $50 million. So overall, Daniel Jones would ultimately, in a year or two, be capped out as maybe the 10th or 11th or 12th highest paid quarterback in the league. But it's not about that. Daniel Jones had one good season so far, in that, well, he's had two, two good seasons. His rookie year was really good. This season, he played well, including the rushing touchdowns. You know the small the small amount of turnovers he had throughout the year, which was a big problem for him over the past couple of years. For him to bounce back off of that and produce the season he did was great. I mean, you could also say, you know, Daniel Jones does. You know, he he didn't have any receivers. The offensive line stunk. The wide receivers were Darius Slayton, who had a case of the drop season ever since he came into the league. You had Kenny Galilee, who's a bust. Whose highlight play as a giant is a block. Not a catching touchdown. Barely any catches whatsoever. Like the man is a mess. And he will be cut by the Giants, you know, coming up. Because they do want to save that cap money. It's and then you got Wanda Robson, the rookie, Torres ACL after he had his first 100-yard game, Sterling Shepard, unfortunately, is injury-prone. He got injured, like, the – what was it? The second week or the third week of the in the season. And then you trade Kadarius Toney because it seems like he didn't even want to get on the field, in all honesty, or he's always hurt. So the Giants and Daniel Jones didn't have a lot of weapons, to be honest. So when you don't have that, it's really tough to – uh succeed in this league, and Daniel Jones was able to conquer that and put together a pretty relatively nice season. They end up upsetting the Vikings in the first round, which is amazing, and then getting blown out to the Eagles. But the Eagles were just an ultimate team, you know, that had so many players. It was like an all-star team on that team. From quarterback to offensive line to running back, right receiver tight end, cornerback, linebackers, defensive line. Like, this team was just stacked. The Giants weren't on their competition level, to be honest. And, you know, it was a little humbling experience, I think, as a Giant fan and for the Giants themselves, that they're not in the class of a Philadelphia. They're not. No matter how much we want to say it, they just aren't, unfortunately. They Philly just has so much more talent. The Giants are still missing so many pieces on this team. Still missing some O line, especially in the interior. If you um you got if you bring back Saquon and Daniel Jones, your quarterback or running back are solidified. But let's say you only bring back one. Let's say you bring back Daniel Jones. He's the most likely one. You bring him back. Now you got to get a running back, which aren't that hard to find, you know. But you know you want to find a decent to good running back. No, but you're not going to find the next Saquon. Saquon is different. He's great. He's an amazing player. But he's not going to be – you're not going to find another running back like Saquon. He's a unicorn to an extent. But it looked like he was breaking down as the year went on. So as a Giant fan, how are you – how do you feel about that? Then you got to pay the man? It's a tough pill to swallow. And the Giants only have one franchise tag here. I think if I had to guess what this offseason is going to consist of, I think Saquon walks, and I think the Giants are going to have Daniel Jones on the franchise tag because I just don't think they're going to agree on on the money situation. I think Saquon, mind you, he's one of the greatest running backs we have right now. But if Saquon is stuck on 15, 16 a mil, I just can't see Joe Shane. Paying that to a running back who looked like he had tread on his tires. So the Giants will go in. All right, cool. We wish you well in your future endeavors, Saquon. You've been a great leader for us. uh, But we're going to have to move on and and go in a different direction. Now, we know Saquon wanted to be a Giant for life. But I just don't see how if he isn't willing to give up the couple million to stay a Giant, then, you know. You got to let him walk. You only have one franchise tag, and I believe that Dane Jones will have it, and then Saquon might be going to another team. Possibly Buffalo. Oh, knows? Next thing, the Jets looking for a quarterback still. The quarterback carousel is beginning. You have Derek Carr. You have Aaron Rodgers. You got Lamar Jackson. You got Justin Fields. Are you going after Garoppolo or Tannehill? You know? So the Jets are going to ha- the Jets are going to have a new quarterback. It's just a matter of who that quarterback is. You know? It's hard to see, but as I mean, if I was a Jet fan, I would want either Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers. Those are two quarterbacks who have solidified themselves. You know what they are. They have led their team to the playoffs. Um it's just You know, Aaron Rodgers brings that Super Bowl winning mentality that Lamar Jackson hasn't had yet, keyword on yet. But Aaron Rodgers would be a big pickup for the Jets. Um, I think he just brings a different type of leadership that no Jets quarterback has ever shown. So it would be extremely cool if um, Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. I know he's a weirdo. He does ayahuasca. He just came back from a dark retreat where he's in a room. where completely dark in there. So I get it. It's it's different. Um, But, you know, I feel like the Jets need a little bit of stability at the quarterback position. I mean, just their inability to produce good quarterbacks in this league is just sad at this point. And I feel like the front office is like, listen, let's just – Throw some money at a veteran or throw go for a trade for a veteran so we can resolve this issue already. Because this Jets defense has a Super Bowl winning defense. You know, they have corners, linebackers, defensive line. Like, they have a very good young team. So if they can get the quarterback, regardless of how old they are, as long as they're able to throw the ball like they've been throwing it, then, you know, there's not going to be any problem. But my opinion, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers, one, Lamar Jackson, two, and then others, three, like Carr, Tannehill, Garoppolo. Let's talk about the Knicks now. So the New York Knicks, man, are approximately one game in the loss, got them. Or a half a game, I apologize. A half a game away from the Nets for the five seed. And then you have. The Cavs, who are only a game and a half up on the Knicks, oh, my bad, two and a half up on the Knicks, two losses in the loss column from the Knicks, and I'm just so happy to be a fan of this team because we've been through some rough stuff, I'm not going to lie, some real rough years as a Knicks fan where the team has stunk or they go for quick fixes for big problems and it just never works out in their favor, and they become the laughing stock of the league. But who's laughing now? I'll tell you who. Me. Ah 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 ah. We succeed, baby. Nah, but um, it's really cool to see, and I'm happy that this team is eight games over 500 now after the win. Um, against New Orleans, and then the win Friday and the comeback against Washington. You just love to see it as a Nick fan. Julius Randle is playing great. Jalen Brunson has shown that he's a proven leader and a proven three-level scorer in this league. R.J. Barrett, who's had a rough, and I mean rough, with a capital r couple months into the start of the season. So it's nice for him to have a bounce back on the second-to-last game before we flip the calendar over to March. So that's big for R.J. In my prediction, I see the Knicks probably staying at six. I mean, I would love for them to move into five and stay there consistently, but I am a little worried about Miami. Like, where's Miami at? Because, um, you know, they've made it to the conference, the uh, NBA Finals before. So, you know, if they feel like they got to turn on the switch, I, I feel like they have a shot to do that. So are the Hawks, too, but I don't know. I feel like the Knicks have a shot to catch the fifth seed, but it's going to be extremely tough. And they have a chance to even climb up to fourth, but I just don't feel like the Cavs are going to relinquish that spot um, to any of the New York teams, not even just the Knicks. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about as regards to the sports aspect of the pod. KD, man. KD was officially traded from the Nets to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Jay Crowder and four unprotected unprotected first round picks. So KD goes to Phoenix and now in my opinion they are the favorite to win it all. But the Nets didn't make it out that bad. You know, they traded Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant and they got a boatload full of picks. You know, um, and they got some good young talent there that has a shot to really be of significance in this league. So, um, you know, you got to be, you got to be hype for them. Um, yeah. So I mean, KD is, it's gonna tarnish his legacy. I feel like because a lot of people are gonna be like, oh well, KD couldn't run his own team to the finals. Oh, he's getting, he needs help. So now that he's on, you know, Phoenix, you got Devin Booker, you got Aiton, you got Chris Paul, you got people that are going to help you facilitate and you get in the bucket. So, I mean, it's um, it's good for the Nets. I feel like they get a nice little reset of culture, per se. Their team is filled with a lot of long-being defenders. And, you know, they, they don't have that elite score yet. You know, Cam Thomas looked like he was doing that with his back to back 40 balls. You know, he had a 33 point game not too long ago as well. But the Nets are gonna need consistent scoring. I don't know if they get that from trade or free agency next year. But um, I feel like the Nets are in a good position, man. I you can't really complain about them. Yeah, I feel like they're not they're gonna drop in the standings and maybe they'll drop to the play in tournament. The Nets have a bright future. And I think getting KD and Kyrie out of there, two guys who pretty much were cocky, obnoxious, talking about, oh, yeah, we don't need a coach. You know, I could coach one day. KD could coach the other. Steve Nash could coach the third. Like, what is that? Like, as a player, you know growing up that the coaches were the ones who, you know, brought the team together, camaraderie. And now you want to make fun of them and make a joke out of it. Like, that's just not cool. Um, so that I think my prediction would be Phoenix and Boston in the finals. So if that happens, you heard it here first. Uh, but, yeah, let's move on to music now. All right. Let's get into the the top 50 rappers from Billboard article. So me and Dave went over this list a couple of weeks ago and I was just in shock with this list man, the top 50 greatest rappers of all time by a multitude of people um Carl Lamar, Gail Mitchell, Keith Murray, Murphy, Michael sapponura, and a various amount of other writers I guess in the Billboard universe. So just to read, I'm just sorry. I was reading through what exactly determined these rankings. And they said that the Billboard and Vibe editorial teams opted first to limit the rap arena to North America. So that's the reason why Slick Rip might not be part of it. And they also opted to not include the significant contributions of uh, reggaeton and dance hall MCs on this list. From there, the team looked into the kind of following criteria not a particular order. Body of work, achievements, cultural impact, influence, longevity, lyrics, and flow. So let's go. Top 50. So number 50 ended up being Rick Ross. Um, I'm not too angry about that. The thing that got me going crazy was, uh, where's it at? Jada Kiss was at forty six. Like I don't know. Jada Kiss is one of the top lyricists out there. For him to be forty six, is just a shocker to me. I mean, the guy is just legendary on the mic. New York, born and raised. The senior... J- <laughs> that was terrible. Um. His lyrical intensity, the aggression he has, um, he single-handedly dismantled Dipset in the 2021 versus battle. Um, he's just a legit artist, and I just I believe he deserves to be higher. Ahead of them, Ice T. I just I don't know if Ice T deserves to be higher than him. Um, I'm not going to list off the whole list here, but I'm going to go down with the Shockers here, and you guys let me know. I'll give you guys my quick takes. Um, Dr. Dre only at 40 is kind of a shocker to me to be honest uh, I think Dre's impact on the rap game has been made significant and for an artist like Gucci Mane to be ahead of Dr. Dre is kind of shocking to me I know people are going to be like oh he was mainly a producer but he made his impact in a rap game first so I, I don't know I think he deserves to be a little higher than someone of the ilk of a Gucci Mane who yes has had a longevity you can say but I just don't know if um he's had the, the hits, per se, of someone like a Dr. Dre. All right, so you had – here we go. We're getting into the top 40. Future at 35. Interesting name, you know, to put in the top 50 rappers, but, you know, I know that's controversial. Uh, Busta Rhymes at 33. I just feel like Busta is also uh, supposed to be a little higher on this list than where he's at. I mean, just the impact he had um, – you know, where he did in um, Give It To Me and Flavor in Your Ear. Um, I feel like uh, Jump uh, and various amount of other Busta Rhymes songs. I just feel like he deserves to be up there a little bit higher than where he's at at 33. Uh, then we got T.I. 32, Lil' Kim 31. Okay. Lauryn Hill 30. Pusha at only 29, which is also kind of crazy to me. I mean, Pusha's looked at one of the top lyricists in the game right now. For him to only be at 29 is kind of crazy. Uh, but we'll keep it going. we keep it going. So, 29, Pusha. You know, so we're. Gonna, I just want to keep – you guys can go check out the list, by the way, on Billboard.com slash list slash best rappers of all time. Um, so, definitely check that out. You know, to check out the list for your own, because I'm not going through every single one. Um, 26 for Big Pun to be 26. Uh does Big Pun have the hits, in my opinion, in order to be a top 26 rapper of all time? I get it. He's had his hits hundred percent. I'm not a player. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't I don't know if he deserves to be a top twenty-six rapper, in my opinion. Method Man 25. We got to keep going. DMX at twenty one. So yeah, I think. I think once we get up to. J Cole is only fifteen on this list. Interesting take for me because I think J Cole is if not the best rapper we have in the game right now, the second best rapper in the game. For him to only be listed at 15 is just kind of shocking to me. And then for the person ahead of him to be LL Cool J, who's at 14, is just shocking. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, to be honest, I've only heard a couple, I've maybe heard a max of two or three LL Cool J songs, and I get it, his personality as a TV figure is huge right now. But he. As a rapper, was he really, like, that up there? Like, I just don't get it. Yes, he was able to crop the top 50 and was there for 38 weeks and was platinum status in 1989, but LL is just not, he's not a top 15 rapper, in my opinion. And I would love to hear someone who's a big fan of LL Cool J present to me a counter-argument as to why they think he deserves to be a top 15 rapper. Um, uh, and J Cole doesn't, you know, it's not a better rapper than him. So I, I will leave that up to you guys to let me know how you feel. But I, I found that shocking. And then I, right, I want to get into the top 10. now. Andre D thousand being at 12 is kind of crazy too. And then Kanye at 11 shocking. So 10 Nicki Minaj and I get it. Okay. The female artistry, Nicki Minaj is goat status. She's an amazing, amazing performer, amazing lyricist. And she's made so much impact on the women's rap game as a whole. And, you know, for female artists like Cardi B and Glorilla and Colora Ray and Lotto and all these other female artists, look up to Nicki for the impact she had on the rap game. But is Nicki Minaj a top 10 rapper of all time? I don't want this to be about gender or anything of that per se. I'm just thinking in the back of my mind. I just don't see her as a top 10 rapper of all time. I feel like there's people behind her who have made a more impact on the rap game. Who are just better lyricists and better freestylers. But Nicki got it. She's elite. And she will go down as the best female rapper of all time so far in my opinion. But... I just don't see her as a top ten rapper, so that was a little bit of a shocker to me. Nine, you had Snoop Dogg. I don't consider Snoop a top ten rapper either. Um, don't get me wrong; he's had his hits, uh, you know, for, with his collaborations with Dr. Dre, nothing but a G thing, you know, um, drop it like it's hot, sensual seduction. But again, I just top Snoop a top ten rapper is just not something I see. i mean, we see him more as a top ten personality figure than a top ten rapper. Drake at eight. So I'll discuss that in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go back to that. Wayne is at seven. Biggie at six. M at five. Tupac at four. Nas at three. Kendrick Lamar at two. And then number one, Jay-Z. Don't get me wrong. They're, I I don't disagree with the names in that list per se, but the rankings are just a little off for me, in my opinion. Um so let me just give you guys my top 10. And you guys will ultimately can come back at me and give me your take, but this is my how I feel like my the top 10 should have went. Number 1, Notorious B.I.G. Just the impact he's had um as a rap artist and he's had so much influence on the likes of someone like Jay-Z, what he was doing for the borough of Brooklyn and just New York in general, just putting it on the map. As it regards to hip hop and rap, was just amazing, and he was just an elite lyricist. The impact he had on the game, the impact he had on the streets of you know Brooklyn, and how he got the attention of people all the way in L.A. and Tupac. But before the time there was even social media, before the time of telecommunication or the lack of telecommunication, Biggie was up there as a legendary person. Now I know we could get into the conversation. Does a rapper or an artist passing away make them a bigger artist than they actually were when they were alive? And that's a co- interesting topic that I feel like I could get into on a different podcast. I would love to hear that take, you know, from other friends or guests that I would have on the pod. But I think Biggie's got to be one. Tupac number two again. Just the who he was, the impact he had on L.A. and the rap game over there was just undeniable, unbreakable, and just, he he's a legend. And I think he's right up there with Big at two, if not 1A and 1B, but he's two on my list. A little bit of New York City bias, I guess, there too. Uh, three, I got Jay-Z. Now, Jay, probably my favorite artist of all time. I, I think Jay-Z, he went, me and him went to the same middle school. I feel like I have a connection to Jay-Z for, for some reason, just him growing up at Best Eye, just, you know, how he came up as this guy that pre- I'm pretty sure a lot of people just put him to the side, didn't think anything of him. For him to build his own empire and now have Roc Nation and, you know, just add the impact and longevity he's had in the rap game is just amazing. For the blueprints, you know, to, um, you know, to watch the throne, to, uh, what he did with four four four, you know, to the Black album, he he's done a lot as regards to you know in the rap game, and I think Jay is elite. Four, I have Nas. I'm not a huge Nas guy to be honest. Um, I think when he won the album of the year a couple of years ago, I'm like, uh. you know, he he probably got the best album out of those albums. Really, I mean, there wasn't a lot of elite albums during that year. But Nas, don't get me wrong, he's got bars, man. Ether is one of the hottest diss tracks to ever be released. He killed Jay-Z in that song. And Nas should be respected as a top five rapper of all time. The Elmatic was just an elite album. So, I mean, I think Nas definitely deserves to be in his top five. I'm just not a huge Nas guy. Five Lil Wayne. I just feel like the impact Little Wayne has had. You know, from his his punchlines to how he raps, his flow, his impact, and how he's able to switch up his flows, it, the way he's able to connect two and two together and make you listen back. And you're like, oh, I didn't even hear this. Like, I mean, you know, from a milli to what he did on Lollipop to what he did on How to Love, you know, to um, uh, Six Foot, Seven Foot, Fireman. You know, he has a lot of tracks, man. Where I think Lil Wayne uh signified himself as a an elite top five rapper. And in his his opinion, he feels like he is the best rapper of all time. Which I like too. Um, I gotta speed this up a little bit just cause I'm running out of time here. Uh six was M. I mean M's flow, his lyricism, he's he's just pure amazing. Like, you know, he'll, he'll go down as a great artist. And I know the impact of him being white. Does that put him on a bigger stage because he was able to make it as a white rapper? Because if he was of a different race, of a minority race, would he be just as big? That's a question that could be presented. Um, but I think, honestly, just M's flow. Now, him being white, I think also just, I feel like, made him work even harder because he was seen as someone who wouldn't be taken seriously in the artistry he was in because it was a mainly dominated by the black community. So, you know, I'll give M props. You know, he he brought something different with his Slim Shady era. He has the bars to represent it. And I think he deserves to be a top 10 rapper of all time. All right, so the last uh, 7, eight, nine, 10 are a little controversial. 7 for me is Andre 3000. I think the impact he had on the rap game from, you know, when he was part of OutKast, I just think the lyricism that he had and the impact. He just brought a smoother, you know, rap game. He wasn't rough on the tracks. And he just spit pure bars. Like Andre 3000, I'll remember him forever growing up and just listening to him in OutKast and him on his own. I think just the, he his impact has felt well-rounded now. And I think he doesn't get the respect he deserves, you know, as a top artist out there. Eight, I have Kanye. Now, don't get me wrong, Kanye is an elite rapper, but he kind of has a similar take to me with, with Drake where it's like, I think Kanye is a good to great rapper, but is he more of an elite artist? I think that also has to come into play. Um, I just feel like Kanye is legendary, though. I, you know, I love Kanye growing up. You know, he's one of my favorite artists of all time. I know he has some controversial opinions, and I know we'll be talking about him a little bit when we get into the fashion aspects of the pod. I just, you know, I just feel like Kanye definitely deserves to be top ten, but. I think he's one of the elite artists. I just don't know if he's a top ten rapper. I mean, well, he is a top ten rapper, but he—I know some people who would put him higher. You know, uh, so nine Kendrick and ten J Cole. And I know people are gonna be like, why is Kendrick so low? And I get that. Listen, Kendrick has released nothing but elite albums, nothing but elite lyricism, elite writing skills. I'm pretty sure I haven't. yeah, he can. I have watched a freestyle video. I was like, I haven't watched a freestyle video of Kendrick, but I have, you know, he can freestyle. Uh, but I think that's the, some of the artists ahead of him just have a little bit more longevity, a little bit more time in the spotlight, uh, per se, than Kendrick. Uh, Kendrick, don't get me wrong, was making music, you know, was making music, you know, before he got popular. But I feel like the guys ahead of him have a little bit more longevity in what they've been able to do in the game. Uh, for me, to, before considering Kendrick, you know, a great, you know, top five rap artist like uh, Billboard had him at two. And then ten is J. Cole, man. I mean, J. Cole is, speaks for himself. He's had legendary albums. I remember when he first came out, I was watching it on BET. Uh, what a throwback, so, you know. Uh, he had his song, uh, Who That? Who That? Who That? that? Cole? Where? Who That? I remember that was the first song I heard from J. Cole. And I went back and started listening to, like, a little Friday Night Lights. And I saw the talent that this guy had. And I didn't really think he would become as big as he is now. But, like, he's worked hard. You got to give him credit. He spits bars. Like, J. Cole is probably, if not the best rapper of currently, the second best behind Kendrick. And he deserves his flowers. And, you know, he deserves to be in this top ten for sure. So... Uh, Quick little tidbits uh, before moving on to fashion because I am running a little bit late on the music aspect. I think I ran too much time on the top 50 list. Uh, Drake is a great artist, not a great rapper. A lot of people are going to be like, where's Drake on this list? Don't get me wrong. Drake can rap. He can rap. He's a good rapper. But he's just outside that top 10 for me. I think the 10 guys that I have on this list have legitly proven are either just purely rappers or have just been doing it for too long and are just better lyricist than Drake is. Now, don't get me wrong, Drake got the melodies, the melodies. He does have his special iconic verses. You know, he he he's a legit elite artist. But as a rapper, I think that's a completely different category and a completely different conversation for Drake. Drake has the accolades, he's you know, he has the songs, he has the hits but are we, if we're talking about pure freestyling and lyricism i don't know if drake is up there as regards to the other 10 that i have there and that's my take at least so last thing i wanted to get into was the uh the grammys the grammys came and went um and it was a it was a cool um it was cool to watch i would say um it was an interesting um, show. I think Bad Bunny started it off, you know, performing, which was really cool. It was nice to see, you know, um, you know, Bad Bunny get, you know, recognized, and then for him to perform El Apagón and, uh, Después de la Playa, uh, oh gosh, I can't speak. Después de la Playa, you know, two real Hispanic songs, and not him going to the base like, Titi Me Pregunto, or Mi puerto Bonito, you know, or, um, you know, any other song on the track, he went real Hispanic and really showed out for his culture, you know, with a Merengue song and then another song about his love for Puerto Rico and the, and the problems that they're having, you know, over there. So I extremely give props to Bad Bunny. He had everybody in the crowd dancing, having a good time. So it was a great night for him. Um, my take is just I, I'm, I'm just a little disappointed slash angry at the fact that they like to put artists like him and various amount of other artists as well, you know, Afrobeats, you know, reggaeton and, you know, other genres out there. They like to put them into a category and I just feel like they deserve way more, um, way more, what's the word for it? Recognition, you know, way more appreciation for their art. I mean, they put like Bad Bunny, he did get a Grammy for top album in, um, la musica urbana or something like that pretty much a hispanic um or reggaeton um, category for music in the grammys and that's cool don't get me wrong but like i think he had album of the year and i've told you this this multiple times since that album released last summer this album deserved to be album of the year because of the significance it had all over not only in the Hispanic community, but all over the world, regardless of what your color, your skin, how you looked, what language you spoke. I saw every place I went, I saw people bumping Bad Bunny. Regardless if you were white, black, Spanish, Asian, it didn't matter. Bad Bunny really made an album that could cater to all the masses. His shows were sold out. He made a billion just off of his concert tours. I just don't understand why he's just put into this category of, oh, yeah, well, he's a reggaeton artist. Yeah, let's just give him that award so people could be happy. Like, nah, he deserves album of the year. I mean, no offense to Harry Styles, again. I mean, but another white man or white artist, you know, winning a, a Grammy over, you know, some color artists that probably are more deserving, in my opinion. And for Harry Styles to come up here and be like, people like me, you know, we don't get this award. And like, what what is it about you that, you know, is like makes you, I don't want to say different, but like, you know, like what, what, what about Harry Styles is making him be like, oh yeah, I was, I was a dark horse to win this award. He's a white, good looking British dude, you know, he, he encapsulates. You know what what this, you know, this award has pretty much seen for the past couple of years. It seems like they've had their controversy. Um, and I just feel like Bad Bunny or Beyonce. I would give Beyonce too, you know, had more of an impact as regards to that album than Harry Styles' album. And don't get me wrong, I, I do appreciate Harry Styles. I think he's a good artist. I have I listened to a couple of his tracks and I really did like that last album. But best album of the year? Nah. And there's various amount of other words, you know, about damn time, one song of the year, you know, you had, you know, which was great for a shout out to Lizzo, man. You know, there's a couple of other takes I had on this, but, you know, I'm going to keep it at that. I spoke my piece. So let's move on to uh, fashion. All right. So now we are on to the fashion aspects of the pod. I love this part of the pod, just because I'm so entrenched and I have such an infatuation with dressing nice slash fly. If you guys know me personally, you know how much fashion means to me. It's just the combinations. I got so many pairs of sneakers. I can really make so many different outfits with. Like today, after this podcast, I'm gonna go go through all my clothes. Anything that's I feel is too small. I don't wear as much as I wanted to, I'm going to go to the thrift store and I'm going to donate it or I'm going to sell it and I'm going to use that money because I did go to the thrift store yesterday and I'll just give you guys a little quick explanation of what I ended up getting and I will use that to uh, buy some more clothes, you know, so um, yeah, I mean, shout out to uh, shout out to just fashion as a total. I love it. I love it so much. Um, so let's just start off with the thrifting part. I, I, I think I'll start off there since I'm, I'm talking about my impact and my, myself as regards to fashion. Uh, so, you know, around, you know, it's a new season coming up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, winter is on, it's, it's going towards its its end. I mean, spring is next month. And, you know, it being, you know, the end of this weekend, I mean, uh, March is technically Wednesday. So it'll be March 1st. Uh, it will be the month of green, you know St. Patty's Day. I got a couple friends' birthdays on top of that. It's a real busy month, um, and so I like to, you know, it's also the start of spring. So what I like to do is I like to go through my clothes, and you know, I want to, I want to shop again. I want to get some more fits. I want to get some more pants, or shirts, or hoodies, or whatever it may be. And I like to switch out the stuff that I got. You know, and instead of just throwing them away or giving, trying to find someone to give them to, or you know, some I'll donate them, you know, to people who need them more. But if I can make some money off of them, why not? I mean, I pay money for them, so why not? You know, try to get as much money as I can back. So, I do go into the process of going to thrift stores, and I do sell back my clothes. Um, Shout out to Other People's Clothes, which is a, a thrift store that does. Buy, sell, and or trade clothes. Uh, definitely check them out if you're interested. Um, so I did go thrifting yesterday. It was spontaneous. So I was like, all right, let me skip a step. Instead of going through my clothes and then going thrifting, I'm going to go thrifting and then go through my clothes. Be- and just a small little thing. I mean, I just did get out a small haul. It was nothing crazy, okay? So I ended up getting a nice little tank top from uh it was like an old school disney world tank top like it was like a venture kingdom and i really liked it um i thought the just the color it's like that off-white colorway it had a design on the back little small emblem in the front fire perfect thing to wear during the summertime i just wore it to the gym today but i probably keep saving that for the summertime um i really like that shirt then i found a um a C D C old school, um, T and like a, um, what's the word for, it? um, Woo! I'm forgetting the words. Uh, so it's got like plastered colors, purple, blue, like a little pink, uh, tie dye. There we go. Wow. How did I forget about tie dye? So it was a nice little A C D C tie dye t-shirt. Um, love the colorway of that one. I thought of sudden if not, I'm not wearing outside or something I could wear around the house. So I could wait to run some errands. Is calm. Um, next tea I got was like a Vineyard Vines, um, Shotsky tea. See me, I know Vineyard Vines was such a popular thing. You know, in college it was one of the things I saw. You know, in St. Lawrence where I went at private college, I went for two years. Very popular brand. I didn't even know what Vineyard Vine was. But um, I copped it. I saw the tea. I was like, oh, why not? So I copped that. Um, it's a long sleeve, you know, something to just wear around. Um, why not? Um, then I also, because I like the design because you have like a little emblem on the front and then the back, it shows like a shot ski. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, what else did I get? And then I got a uh, race car tee. Uh, I think Tony Stewart's on the front of it. I don't even remember exactly who it is, but, you know, of course, uh, I, it was in a nice white and blue colorway. It was a good material. It was in good condition. I only paid $8 for it. So I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's go Let's go to a little Rock, rock T vibe. I mean, Rock T, Race T vibes. You know, and I feel like I could pull out a fit with that uh, rather easily. And uh, last but not least, ended up getting a, a Rutgers crew neck uh, sweatshirt. Um, champion, you know, reverse weave sweatshirt. The material is really soft and great condition. As if I went to Rutgers, even though I didn't, um, I'm just really into getting like college, like infamous college uh, merchandise. I, I don't like, I got a Yale uh, rugby polo. I got a Harvard rugby polo. Um, I got UCLA sweatpants. You know, I now I got a Rutgers crew neck sweater. So don't come after me. Right? got to relax. Um. So yeah, that was my little thrifting hole. Uh, the crew neck was ended up being the most expensive thing. That was like a $40. But That's because of the fact that thrifting is such a trend now that L Train Vintage and other thrift stores out there are like we're gonna upcharge these people. I remember like when L Train was a thing before thrifting became really popular, you know, during the pandemic and stuff like that, or a little bit before it. Um, you know, it was cheap to find you know t shirts and stuff like that, but when we walked in the store. Jackets at a hundred dollars, t-shirts at forty to eighty dollars. Like that's expensive. Like for that, I'll just go to Zara or go to, you know, a, t- a store and get a shirt or whatever I want. You know, new and fresh. I get the vintage look, but some of these shirts got stains on them are worn down. Like I'm not paying sixty dollars for this shirt for what? Well, I'm not paying because I-, I saw this Giants jacket, like this varsity jacket, I really wanted to get, but I'm not. I saw there was no tag. And it's funny, I ran into one of my old boys from high school there. Uh, Shout out to my man Cliff. Uh, He had the jacket. He didn't have no price tag on it. So I had the same jacket. There was two jackets. I had the same one in my hand. He went up to the register to go buy it. So I said, yeah, that's $100. $100, mind you, it's a little bit worn down. And it's a thrift store. What are you charging $100 for that? So I was like, "Oh well, I'm putting my back. I'm not trying to spend $100 on a varsity jacket at the thrift store. Like what? You're wilding. So, it was a nice jacket. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if y'all know me, y'all know I love my Varsity jackets, but I, it's just a hundred-dollar price tag is just not worth it for me. You know, coming from a thrift store. Um, but yeah, so that was my little thrifting adventure I had yesterday. Uh, and over the next couple of weeks, I'm I'm gonna go to the outlets. I want to get a couple more things for the springtime. You know, I like to change up my my you know my outfits and stuff. As the seasons go on i just love shopping too so it's a therapeutic for me use shopping as a therapy fellas ladies you know because it can be very therapeutic it make you feel good if you look good you smell good you're gonna be good there's more to that but you know i just gave you a little quick synopsis there all right so let's get into the white cement threes man i mean the white cement threes are releasing again for the first time in a while. One of the most coveted releases, the Air Jordan 3, White Cement 3 Reimagined. Honored 35 years with the age aesthetic and redefines timeless. It brings back that vintage vibe and you love it. Saturday, March 11th, they did do the Nike did have a shock drop on Thursday, February 23rd, but more are coming in a couple weeks. So it's going to reach at 210. 150 for grade school 90 for little kids and 75 for infant and toddler um this it's kind of like this nike reimagined series where they're throwing in these iconic jordans the ones that the lost and founds that were the reimagined chicago ones and now you're doing that with the white cement threes um and you gotta love it man i mean the jordan threes i had probably as a baby i can ask my mom for sure but i most likely guaranteed that I had these as a kid growing up. I'm in this time right now when it comes to buying sneakers, where if it's a sneaker that I really wanted in high school, right? I'm going to go out in there and get it. I'm not really into the huge amount of new colorways that are coming out nowadays. I'm more focused on the sneakers that I just didn't have the opportunity to get while I was in school. The ones that maybe you know, my mom and dad weren't giving me, shedding me, one hundred and fifty dollars for some Jordans. That that was, like that wasn't happening. It was more quantity over quality, you know, back then for me. And now I'm in a position where I'm making my own money, where I can you know put my invest in my own pairs of shoes. So I'm trying to do that with the uh, the Jordan threes, you know, and you know I did that with the Chicago ones, the Concord Elevens, the Space Jam. I mean, the Space Jams, the Breads, the. Uh, The cool grays, you know, and various amounts of other sneakers in my collection that I, um, you know, never really had the opportunity to get when I was in high school or in middle school. And I really want, you know, as an adult. And I keep telling myself I'm going to be done buying sneakers, man. But then they come out with the sneakers I don't expect them to come out with. Like these threes. I have to. This is a must cop. Must. I got to figure out a way to get them. So, you know, you know, can you, can you guys just cross your fingers for me? Just give me a quick little, I hope Eli is able to get the Air Jordan 3s when they come out in a couple weeks. Or can I just hear a little, I hope my favorite host of all time, of my favorite podcast of all time, is able to get the Jordan 3s so he can make his heart happy. I would love that. I appreciate you guys if you did that for me. And, oh, this is a side note here. By the way, so for all my Catholics out there, Catholic, <laughs> um, I gave up cursing as my Lent, uh, the thing I wanted to give up for Lent. So if you guys didn't notice this podcast, I haven't cursed, not one word. And if I do end up catching myself cursing, I have to drop and give myself 10 push push-ups, and do a quick prayer to God just to you know apologize for the situation because i do not want to mess this up i curse way too much so i gotta relax so i'm trying to heat against it and it's been tough don't get me wrong because it's hard um you know because there's some things that just make you have that reaction but you can't do it so i've did stuff like fudge or sugar honey iced tea you know so instead of you know the other words the bad words so, I just wanted to give you guys that little nugget. But, yeah. Um, So, let's hope let's, we get those cement threes, man. Next thing I wanted to talk is the big red boots, man. The big red Astro Boy stomping threes. A.K.A. the Super Mario. yee fours. Force. These big. I'm going to run in the rain. Um. Uh, the man with the yellow hat. Except with the man with the red hat shoes. Like these things are. Like they look like cartoon shoes. But these are like a big trend that I've seen. A lot of artists have been seen in these. Um, and it's just hilarious. The big red boots. I've seen. cola Ray wear them. Shy Gildress Alexander was calling them. You know you had. Um, Ciara in them. You know you've had. Seth Rollins. Iggy Azalea, I think, was in them as well. Is it's just a lot of and this by this brand called Mischief. Um, and they're like an art brand. And it's just so crazy. And Seth Rollins, if you guys didn't know, is also a wrestler. He also wore them in Stop The Miz in um a video with those boots on. It's just, you know, it's it was different. It's a very gives you cart a cartoonish vibe. I saw someone quote It's like if you kick someone with these boots They're going boing I'm weak Um, But yeah these are some red chunky boots They retail for about $350 And and the resale market for them is ridiculous Um, I would not wear these Um, I want to know if any of you guys would wear them And what fit you would have with them Because I'd be extremely curious But um, the big red boots Phenomenon is hilarious And no thank you on them But I think it would be cool to have just to, like, show off. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, I got those big red boots. Like, come on. What are we? with? Like, are we? um, What is his name? Um, What what was uh, Dora's? uh, What's this guy's name? The monkey that she was with. Uh, What was his name? Jeez. I'm forgetting his name. But see, puss and boots. Maybe these are the boots that uh, Puss was in, because these is like cartoonish, red, bumpy boots, um, and they're just they're just they're funny to look at. And I want to see them in person. I haven't been able to see them in person, only in photos. But would love to see these in person. Boots. That's his name. Wow. Oh man, yeah. Boots. So boots in in these red boots would be pretty interesting. It's hilarious. Anyways, so, yeah, that's the big red boots. But let's speak of uh, another uh, controversial shoe or controversial person, however you may see it. Kanye and Adidas are talking again. According to reports, and I'm on the website right now, Hypebeast.com, Gay has reached a new agreement following the official termination of his partnership with Yeezy. Uh huh. Um, you know, back in October, Ye- Ye- Ye. <laughs> Kanye received backlash after he says some anti Semitic comments, leading Balenciaga to part ways. Um, CAA talent agency dropped him. Good music was not signed to Def Jam no more. Um, but Adidas was losing so much money $1.3 billion in unsold Yeezy sneakers. But there were words, there was rumors that Adidas were going to spend millions of dollars to continue using the Yeezy design with, with no of the Yeezy branding on it. But there's a new deal between the two, supposedly, and it's now believed to see the sale of the select non-branded Yeezy sneakers with no new designs to be produced. You know, so I think it's going to go on. Maybe Yeezy had a whole bunch of sneakers in the factory that just weren't able to be released because of the agreement being torn. And maybe Adidas is trying to get every little last drop of money they can from those, and get Kanye's approval for them. So maybe that—that's my take on it. I mean, Kanye is one of the most controversial figures we—I think we've had in the music world, and Adidas is trying to, you know, realize like, well, dang, we got a lot of money off mostly kanye merch like nobody really rocks adidas if it's not kanye if it's not fear of god or bad bunny so adidas realized they were losing a lot of money so how are they getting that money back they have to you know ask for kanye back so i, I knew once that deal was done that adidas was going to be the ones who end up losing and not really kanye but hey it, it looks like they're back though So, uh, very interested to see. I mean, I'm still wearing Yeezys, by the way. I haven't copped a new pair of Yeezys, but I'm still wearing Yeezys. And I might still cop a pair of new foam runners before the summertime. So, catch me in those. But anyways, I think that's it for the podcast today. Oh, actually, I did miss one thing. League Fit of the Week. Wow. So, shout out to my man SGA, man. SGA got it. Shy Gilgis Alexander came through with the fit for All-Star Weekend. Um. He had a, a mink coat on. And with the with the Tim's on, I was like, okay. My set came out dripping. So I give him props. Uh, you know, Shy is one of the drip kings, man. So he he got it. Um he he's um he does his thing, man. Um, but shy definitely had it with the fit he had on. Um I thought it was a dope. Dove collaboration. He kept it calm on the top. But then had the fur, the fur mink with the the black leather jeans, white tee chain showing the, the Tims. Nah, Shy is the best dressed in the league. And I'll post the photo on the Here my page so you guys can check it out for yourselves. But definitely the best dressed in the NBA in my opinion. But now that's all I have for the podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm back now officially, so expect another episode this week coming up. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the week. Let's have a fresh month this week, so let's get to it. Let's get more money, more opportunities, more blessings, better weather, hopefully, crossing our fingers. And, uh, yeah, have a great one, y'all. Peace.